Um, yeah, so thank you, Pastor Doug. Um, and I just love that verse in uh, Acts 2. It always just gives me so much faith because we need the Holy Spirit whenever we go anywhere, but especially when we're going to share the good news. And so, um, yeah, I just want to just pray before I get started. Lord, would you just help us, God, to have open ears to hear and open eyes to see, God. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, all across this room, Lord, you would just begin to minister your heart to each and every one of us, God, that we would just leave here completely changed, God, by this revelation, Lord, that you're releasing in this house today, God, in Jesus' name, and break our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I just want to start by reminding us of maybe my favorite and maybe could be some of the most important words that Jesus ever spoke. You know, um, usually when somebody writes a book or they, they make a movie, they usually put the, the real punch, like the kicker, somewhere at the end, like this is the message that you need to hear. And I feel like this makes sense when Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and obey, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's to obey everything that I said. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. How many of us know that this is the end of the age? Like, am I, I'm not just saying that. I really feel that right now. Like, I needed to say that. This is the end of the age. And Jesus said he'll be with us even till this day and even beyond that because those who know him and call on his name will be saved. But I have a question for you. What happens to those who don't call on the name of the Lord? What happens to those who don't even know his name? How can they call on his name if they've never heard it? So I just want to show you some statistics about the nations and the unreached. Um, I have a website that I always go to. It's called joshuaproject.net. Um, and you can write that down. I suggest that you take your smartphones out now just so you can search some of these different things because um, I'm going to have some different resources for you to check out. Um, and if you don't, just write down that. Uh, address joshuaproject.net and here you can actually find out all about the different nations you can click on each of the nations and you can research more about them there's so many resources here so just check it all out um, and this um, if you look over on their homepage over global summary you'll see that it says the number of people groups on the earth is 17,445 which is kind of a lot. Um, that's the known people groups. So there could be more, but this is the ones that we know about. And of those people groups, we know that 7,391 of them are unreached, meaning that they've never heard the gospel before. Nobody has ever told them the name of Jesus. They've never even met a Christian, most likely, in their entire life. So there's a, a lot of people, a, a mighty multitude, right? Jesus said, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And you can see of those 8 billion people, 3.4 billion or 42% are completely unreached. So I want to show you another um, page here. This is a map. 
And it shows you all of the different people groups of the world laid out in these little points. And each point can tell us if they're reached, um, unreached, or somewhere in the middle. So the green is significantly reached, and the red is the unreached, meaning there's like less than one Christian in that place, you know, like nobody to tell the gospel. So you can see here the 1040 window, that's what we call this area where there's the highest concentration of unreached people groups. There's so much red, right? India is just covered in red. There's so many people groups that don't have access to the Bible. And I want to just encourage you all to pray for the 1040 window because these are the places where there's the most um, pushback against the gospel as well. Christians being persecuted, Christians being deported out of countries like China and North Korea and India, um, the Middle East, you know. So just pray for these places that God would prepare the soil so that when the when the missionaries go then it will fall on ears that are ready to hear it um, and pray for miracles you know there's even people that I've heard about in the Middle East that they had visions of this man in white who came and talked to them and it was Jesus meeting them for the first time in their room with nobody telling them that before and so I just know that God is doing what he's doing in the nations and the hardest places to reach, he is like trying so hard to reach those places. So let's go to the question that I have for you. What does Jesus have to say about this, about the harvest, right? This, the harvest is um, ready, but the laborers are few. So pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So I want to show you something about this verse. Interestingly, Jesus says, the harvest is ready. The laborers are few. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And then what is his response to prayer? He says, go your way. He didn't just ask them to pray. He said, oh, great. Now that you've prayed for God to send laborers, guess what? You're the ones that he's sending. You didn't know that, but now you, you're, you've been called. So he's saying, I'm calling you out. You, you asked, so you're the answer to that prayer. Go and do, the, go and do what he asked you to do. So let's go um, and just look at some more statistics. I'm going to try to jump through these. This is a graph of all of the different nations. And it's kind of hard to understand, but basically, the more higher that you go vertically, that's the number of laborers gets less and less and less. So on the side, you can see it's like less and less laborers. And then the more to the right that you get is the more unreached people that there are. So the closer to the top right that you get, it's like so many unreached people, but nobody to tell them the gospel. And then the further you go down to the bottom left, it's like so many people that know the gospel and a lot less of people that, that are not, you know, reached. So... Um, it's really cool. Let's look at some different examples. First, we have the United States. Whoop. So um, the United States has 15 million unreached people and 89 million evangelical Christians. So like logically, if every one of those Christians is sharing the gospel, then 
most people in our country will be reached because we have a lot of Christians. And so it says for every unreached person, there's 5.9 evangelical Christians. So maybe if 5.9 people share the gospel every day with their closest, with that one person, maybe they will get saved just like that. So um, let's look at another example. So Pakistan is a nation that has 232,424,700 unreached peoples and zero evangelical Christians. So for every thousand people that are unreached, there's nobody to tell them the gospel. So this is a crime, I think, and it just shows that, you know, Jesus said to go, but maybe there's quite a few of us that are not going, and we need to kind of like really listen to that, right? So um, let's just talk about that. You know, when I was praying for this sermon and just asking God, like, what do you want the church to hear? He spoke to me so clearly in one of my quiet times, and I had this vision And it's very similar in some ways to Matthew 24. Um, In Matthew 24, verse 14, I'm sorry, verse 29, um, he says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in the heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather all of his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another and right before that he said the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come so we know that if that's what he said then it's true right the word of the lord never fails so we know that he is telling us this is a promise Every nation will hear the gospel, and then the end will come. And then Jesus will return to the earth to gather his elect from the four winds. So we know that he ain't coming unless we go. So I want you to say that with me. Like, don't say he ain't coming because that's just like not proper English. But like, just hear me out. Say this with me. How will they know unless I go? How will they know unless I go? I mean, like, we really need to remember this statement. How will I know? How will they know unless I go? They won't know. Like Paul said, how will they hear unless nobody tells them? And how will how will somebody tell them unless they're sent? Right? Beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So this is what the Lord is saying. And I had this vision. I saw the Lord. I'm just going to read what I wrote because it's, it's just what the Lord gave me to share with you guys. He said this, I saw the Lord coming on the clouds with his kingdom and power. And as the Lord came, I saw the whole earth. And on the earth, there was a long line of warriors linking arms together side by side to form a wall that went all the way around the earth like a belt And these warriors were coming across the nations, sweeping across the nations and bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. It was this 
hour that they would come together for the purposes of the kingdom. They would not back down. And it's time to stand up, stand tall, stand strong, and hold the line. So listen to what I'm saying. Like, this is what God is, is showing to us, even in Matthew 24, right? That the nations will know, and then he will come. And I believe that this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, my kingdom is coming quickly on clouds of white. I will not back down. Uh, the Lord is saying, I will not back down. I will not forget my people, and I will not stop fighting for them, right? I will not back down. My people, my people, the church, must rise up, stand tall, and not back down. For I am raising up a generation of kingdom seekers. These are the warriors of the kingdom who will not back down, who will stand tall and fight for me and my kingdom who will bring my judgment upon the earth with me, right? He says we will rule and reign with him in the heavenly places. We are the ones that he has called to bring his judgment to the earth. He's the one, he's coming with judgment in his eyes. And we're the ones on the earth who get to help him to carry out this judgment with his angels, right? And it says, he says, who will bring the kingdom of heaven with them wherever they go? It's time church. The time is now. So it's time to rise up. This is the final hour. The hour is upon us now. And I really want you to hear that, church, because right after that in Matthew 24, Jesus starts speaking in parables, as he does, which we love. And he says to his disciples, do you want to be like the servant who, when his master left on his trip, then the servant said, The master said he will get back soon, but it's taking him longer. So then he just started drinking and and just being crazy and beating the other servants. And little did he know, the master was on his way back. So when the master came back and he saw what this servant had done, then he cut him into pieces and threw him into the pit. And that is what Jesus said will happen to those who are not prepared when he comes. You have to prepare your oil, church. You have to make sure that your oil jars are filled up. Not just a little bit, completely filled and overflowing because he's coming with his kingdom. He's not going to back down and he's got fire in his eyes. So as you're hearing this, I'm sure there's some of us that are feeling like, okay, I hear that, but how does that work? Like, what does that practically look like? So I have some practicals for you. Number one, I have your missionary handbook. I'm just going to hand it to you right now. Okay, read, read the book of Luke and Acts. Okay, this is one book split into two books. It's by the same author. It's amazing. This book shares us how are we supposed to go and do this? Like, how do we fulfill the Great Commission? And it's like so many endless examples, especially Luke 10. Luke 10. Write this down, please, church. Luke 10. Study that out. And I promise you, you will see all the connections of how the disciples made their disciples and how we can do the same thing today. 
Okay? So if you are inspired by that and you're like, yes, I want to go do that, um, I want to give you another tool because tools are helpful. So I'm just going to put this one in your pocket. You can just take that. And this is a QR code for an app called Waha. It was developed by missionaries in, um, well, actually, I don't know if I can share where they're from, but they're missionaries working with unreached peoples, and basically they are just helping to give us tools. So put this in your phone, and it'll give you the um, tools to be able to start Bible studies in your community with your friends really easy, and you don't even have to lead it. You just hit pause and play, and it will lead you through a Bible study, and you can do that with your friends to help make disciples, okay? So just download it, whether you have smartphone, Android, or Apple, whatever it is, just get it and check it out. Um, so now I'm just going to switch gears, showing you another statistic, boom. And this statistic is that in Africa, there are 11.8 million people that don't have the scriptures at all. No verses of the Bible in their language. 397 of those languages have no work in progress. Nobody is helping to make this happen. So the mission that God is calling me to in this season, and I believe this is the mission that he's calling us to as the church, is to make sure that everybody has access to the word of God. Because if you don't have access to the word of God, how will you know him? We are so privileged. We have like almost 900 different translations in English, and there's still 2,800 languages that don't have any, langu any Bible in their language at all. The, the deaf communities only have one Bible in, in sign language, which is American Sign Language. The other 399 deaf languages have nothing. So we need to work hard for this. And so um, I'm going because this is what the Lord called me to, you know, and I'm so grateful that he gave me this call. It was definitely the last week of wrestle as I'm like, I'm ready to go. But I'm also like, oh, there's so many unknowns, right? Like, it's kind of scary. But I just heard the Lord say, just trust me. Say yes to me. I will take care of you. I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Okay, I'm going to go with you. You don't have to go alone. It's going to be better than you could ever imagine. So I want to just share some of my needs with you. And if you feel led to just help in some way, then these are ways that you can help. Number one, I have a very heavy need for prayer. So if you're a prayer warrior in this house, please start putting me on your prayer list. Like, please, every day. Because when you go to the nations, the enemy really doesn't like that. And he loves to play games with you. He loves to try and get you off your game. But you know what? We're not going to do that because the Lord is saying, stand up, stand strong, hold the line, right? Don't back down. So I just need those warriors to link arms with me and to bring the gospel to the nations. So um, I also do need support financially. Um, of course, like it's what you feel in, the, in your heart. So if the Lord is calling you to be a supporter of missionaries, I'm just raising my hand. If you're looking for a missionary, I'm right here. Um, I have about $750 a month of support, and I'm so grateful. And I'm just trying to raise that a little bit so that I can go long term. So I'm trying to make around... 4,000 quarterly, which isn't a lot, but it's enough for me to be able to afford the 
airline tickets and housing and food and all the different things that go along with donations and going and being a missionary. It is kind of expensive to be a missionary. Um, so I'm also tent making um, as per the wise instruction of our pastors and my family. They said, you need to start doing something to make money on the side as well. And so I started building websites recently. So if you need a website for your business or you just, you know, are looking for that design partner to take it to the next level, boom, just shouting it out for myself. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just putting it out there. And then... If, uh, if you want to support me in prayer or financially or you want to connect with me, you just want to send me a message and say, Matthew, I'm thinking about you, you just can go to my website, matthewforestacre.com, um, and this is the QR code where you can find my website. So if you just want to scan that with your phone or take a picture, you can share that with whoever that you know that supports missionaries, and I'll be so grateful just to receive your messages of encouragement and your prayers, and that's where you're going to hear about my newsletters and everything that's going on. So with that, I just want to thank you so much for being the church that sent me. And um, I'm just going to pray for, um, for us. And then I'll have Pastor Doug and um, come up now. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, that Lord, you've given us a great commission, Lord, to reach every nation, tribe, and tongue with the word of God. Lord, I pray that today, God, you would just start speaking to our hearts, God, to those of us whom you are calling, Lord, just like you called Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the different uh, wonderful Amer uh, uh, people in the Bible that went to the nations for your kingdom, God. Lord, would you just speak to our hearts, God, and convict us, Lord, that we would obey this word, God, that we would have conviction to say yes to the call of God that is on our lives today, and especially for the young people, God. Lord, would you just put that fire in our hearts for the nations today, God, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to pray over Matthew now. Matthew is our first full-time missionary to be sent out, and we're going to commission him now believing that God's going to bring great uh, fruit from his life in the days ahead. Isn't it amazing what God's done with Matthew in just a short two and a half years or so? So, Lord, we lay hands on him. Can you stretch your hands towards him? We lay hands on him right now, and by the authority committed unto us as leaders of this house, we now uh, commission him to go to the nations, and especially right now to Africa. And we pray, Lord, as we lay hands on him, there would be an anointing upon him for his mind. Uh, his thoughts would be your thoughts. His word would, uh, words would be your words. We commission him now to be able to write the Bible in other languages and to reach unreached people groups and that millions, not just a few, but millions yes. will come to know you because of his work, because of his voice, because of his uh, worship and the, and the way he does things there but also, Lord, just in the wisdom that you give him. We thank you, Lord. This is the beginning of great fruit to the nations, and we commission him in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says this in Acts, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and then you yes. shall be witnesses unto me. And it also says, but be filled. 
And that's a fresh, like be being filled. So God, I thank you right now, just like David said, you anoint my head with oil, with fresh oil, fresh revelation, fresh wisdom, fresh grace, fresh favor, Lord. And you're going to do all things through him. You're going to, you're going to fulfill the purposes of God through Matthew and his own generation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the scripture that came to me is that that um, we ask, Lord, teach my hands to war. Mm-hmm. It's not the same way that we war in the flesh. It's our spiritual warfare is so different. So your mouth anointed, your lips anointed, even as Isaiah's were, and your hands equipped, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Amen. Give him a big hand. Support him. Love on him. When you uh, give to Matthew, you're sending yourself and sending our church, and it's exciting. We as a church want you to know we support Matthew as well financially, so we're excited about the future. Let me just finish this up by going to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 is a great chapter on harvest. It's about Jesus going through Samaria, and Jesus says to the disciples in verse 35, you have a saying that says, uh, it's harvest time. For, uh, 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 in four months, it'll be harvest. That's what he says. And I looked that up to see if that's saying, I couldn't find it anywhere, but obviously, Jesus knew he was talking to an agricultural community, knowing that he was talking to those who understood farming. When I was growing up in church, whenever they mentioned farming and harvest, we all cheered, woo harvest time. You know why we cheered? Because we didn't understand farming. If you understand farming, you know that there's plowing, there's planting, then there's protecting the harvest as it comes up, and then eventually the harvest comes. And the hardest part of farming is harvest. Do you know why? Because once the harvest ripens, you have to work from sunup till sundown. There's no stopping. If you stop and don't pick the ripe harvest, it rots. So you have to pick it while it's ripe. So God says to us, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. So he's talking to the disciples, and he tells them, I want you to know it's harvest time. Lift up your eyes, look unto the fields, for they're ripe unto harvest. So as he's doing this, he's talking to, they they say, Jesus, we're, we're hungry. So they trot off to town to the first McDonald's they can find. And while they're there getting food, Jesus talks to this woman. He's sitting by the well. He comes and meets her need. Uh, he, he makes her think he's thirsty for some water, but the truth is she was thirsty for the living water, but she didn't know it. So he tells her all about himself. He reads her mail, and uh, she's completely changed. She drops her water bucket, runs to town, and tells everybody, I've met a man, and they're all thinking, we know you have. You've been, you've been with five men, and now you're with your sixth man, and, and uh, we know you, you, you probably didn't meet a man. She goes, no, this guy told me everything about my life. Now, she might have exaggerated a little bit, but I'm telling you, this lady was so changed by the living water, she, began, she dropped her bucket and became a bucket. And as she did that, she was changed in God's presence, and she tells the whole town, you've got to come out and meet this man. Well, in the meantime, the disciples come back and they say to Jesus, eat something, eat one of our, our Mac, Mac, McDonald's fries or eat, eat cheeseburger. He goes, no, 
I have food that you do not know of. And you can just see them getting in a little huddle. And one of the first things they say is, Peter, did you slip him a cheeseburger? <laughs> and he says, no, I didn't. Somebody slipped him some fries? No. And what, Peter, what Jesus was saying, guys, I have a mission. I have a harvest that you don't see. And I want you to write this down today because what, what, what the disciples, they didn't even want to be in this place. They didn't want anything to do with these people. They wanted to, to just hang out and eat and skip these people. And so uh, here's the first thing you should write down somewhere. Is it on the screen there? There it goes. No, it's not there yet. Yeah, Jesus had to go. Jesus had to go through Samaria. Jesus had to go through where other people would walk around. And I, I say this because, because harvest is hard work. You need to be able to hear this. I'm going to tell a story on myself. Last Sunday, I said to Lois about 4.30, let's take a drive in our car out to Ocean Shores. And as we're driving, we'll pray and uh, pray about harvest, pray about needs in people's lives. And as we do that, uh, then we'll get to the beach, maybe take a walk and pray some more. <clears throat> so about halfway to Ocean Shores, there's a lady stranded on the side of the road. Lois had fallen asleep already. She, she f- fell asleep about five minutes into the ride. So we're, we're, and this lady's going like this, raising her hands, waving like this, saying, basically, help. I saw her about two miles ahead of time. As I saw her, I thought to myself, well, every, all the other cars in front of me are passing her by. I'll just go around her. But Lois woke up. And Lois, just as we were hitting the lady, she sees the lady going like this, and she goes, aren't you going to stop? And I had already gone about a block past her, you know. And I pull over the side of the road, and I go, what good can we do? She said, I don't know, but we can sure find out. So I back up the car, get about 10 yards from this lady, and I said, I think there's other people. They could shoot us, you know. I, I came up with all sorts of excuses. But we get out of the car, and it did look like there were other people in the car. And she's kind of crying. She's beside herself. And Lois says, what can we do for you? She said, I got a flat tire. And we said, well, do you have a spare? Yeah, I have a spare. I don't have a jack. Uh, I said, well, we have a jack. So we got a jack, and we jacked up our car. And I'm thinking, okay, it's this just now, you know, we left at 4.30. It's getting later. And uh, and I'm, I'm praying about the harvest. I didn't want to harvest this lady. I just wanted to go around her. So as we're jacked up the car, now we, now we don't have a lug wrench. We don't have one that fits her lug nuts. And, and so she, uh, now we're stuck because she has my jack under the car. And I'm thinking, oh, man, we're never going to get out of here. And finally, she calls her, uh, she calls her boyfriend. She calls her mom, she calls a, a sister. Nobody can help her. I get on to AAA to think they could come. It was a 45-minute wait for AAA. Uh, we'd already been there for an hour, and I wanted to say, see, Lois, I told you we can't do, do anything for this lady. <laughs> and so uh, Lois just keeps comforting the gal, and then a state patrol woman drives up. And guess what? She had one of those star lug nut wrenches, and we were able to take the lug nuts off the car, change the tire, and all that good stuff, put it back in. And I'll never forget, the lady looked at Lois, and she said, 
I know God sent you to me. Amen. With tears in her eyes. She didn't say that to me. <laughs> Probably thought I was the devil. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, the stater was very kind, got back in her car, and uh, the lady takes off, and uh, Lois and I get in the car. We take off. Well, this, by this time now, it's 8 o'clock. So I find a place to turn around, and I pull out in front of some cars, uh, and I step on it. And uh, we're going down the road. Lois started talking to Jill on the phone, so I'm listening to the conversation, not paying any attention to my speed. And uh, I was going pretty fast, and I passed the stator going in the opposite direction. I know. I'm telling you. So the stator pulls us over. She does a Yui and comes after me. And Lois, she comes to Lois' side of the car and she goes, Lois sticks her head out and she goes, isn't this ironic? <laughs> we helped somebody and here we are. And she goes, give me your license. She wasn't very friendly now. She was like, give me your license, give me your registration. Here you go. I tried to put my head down like a little puppy dog. Please, please have mercy on me. She goes back to her car and she comes back and she says, you were driving recklessly. I thought, really? 20 miles over the speed limit. So I guess that's reckless. And, but she said this. She handed back the license and the registration, and she said, because you helped that young girl, I'm going to let you go. But don't ever do it again, basically, <laughs> and, let us, and let us go. But here, the point is, here's my point, that Jesus was willing to go through where other people wanted to go around. And I wanted to go around this gal. And Lois said, no, stop. We need to take the time. It's so funny when you think about it. I was going to pray for harvest, but I didn't want to harvest that person because she would take too much time. Does anybody else relate to me? You don't have to raise your hand. I had so many people come up to me after first service. You don't know how many people I passed by saying, oh, they're broken down again. As he told me, his wife said, I told him to quit telling me they're broken down because she said I would say to him, do you plan on stopping? Well, no. And she said, then don't tell me. So I want you to know, listen, harvest is hard work. It's inconvenient, and it takes time that you don't want to give. And here's the thing. Another thing you can write down lastly is that these disciples were meal-minded. They, they wanted pleasure over purpose. And Jesus was mission-minded. So that's what it should say there. He, they were looking at the meal, but Jesus was looking at the mission. Aren't you glad our God never gave up on harvesting us? Now here, what does harvest look like? As we get ready to wrap this up, what does harvest look like for us? Besides sending Matthew to different nations, we believe in missions being local, national, and international. Here's what harvest looks like here. Going to a third service. We're full now, and it's summer. Usually, you're not here in the summer, but everybody's here in the summer. It's packed out, which means we're going to need three services. Now, uh, harvest time. Yep, yeah, yeah, wow. That's, uh, okay, so we're going har- to have services at 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. So how many will go to the 8.30 service? Some of you. How many will go to the 10 o'clock service, okay? 
Now let me ask you this. Which service are you going to stay and work in? Because here's the deal. Oh, I, I, when I asked how many in the first service would go to the 8.30 service, they all raised their hands. I said, how many are going to stay to work in the 10 o'clock service? About three or four hands. Listen, harvest is hard work. We want to see people saved. We want churches full. I've had people tell me, I don't like going to your church because it's too full. Well, then we'll start another service. But to do that, we need workers. We need ushers, door greeters, sound people, city kids folks. We need people working in the harvest. Now you can woo-woo. Now, where, where is the harvest? Besides here, here's the harvest. The harvest is your neighbor. The harvest is your family. The harvest is the people you don't like to work with. The harvest is the people you would rather go around instead of through. And I'm telling you right now, God is going to save hundreds of more people, but we need workers in the harvest. Let's stand. Jesus said, you have a saying, in four months there'll be harvest. But he's saying, lift up your eyes for the harvest is here. You know what the disciples were doing? I think they were looking out to see these fields of grain. And here this whole town is coming towards Jesus. And they, say, they were saying something like this, Jesus, I wanna see the fields of harvest, but I can't because those Samaritans are in the way. You hear what I'm saying? The people are in the way. God's gonna send people who get in your way that will change your life. And I want you to know, since last Sunday, I've been under deep conviction about choosing the easy way instead of going through the harvest way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know where you're at this morning. We had a lady walk in your first service, never been to church in her life, had two little kids going through a rough patch. She woke up and said, I gotta go to church. Somehow found our church. And I went up to her and I said, you ever been in church before? And she goes, never. Ever heard of Jesus before? Maybe. I said, well, this might scare you a little bit. We're pretty demonstrative here. And after worship, I went up to her. I said, how you doing? She goes, I don't know, but I was weeping the whole time, all the way through worship. And at the end of last service, she gave her life to Jesus. That's the kind of stuff God's bringing in. Harvest time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe that's you this morning. You don't know why you walked in here. Maybe somebody brought you or drug you here. Or maybe your wife or husband drug you here. But I'm telling you, God's coming after you because he loves you. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Right now, say, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone here like that? Raise it high. I need Jesus in my life. Raise them high. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Any more? Okay, that's awesome. We had five in first service. Now, here's what we do here. You raise your hand. You're bold now. So here's what we do. We believe in our hearts. We confess it with our mouths. And then we give our lives to Jesus Christ, all right? And then as you do that, you come into the family of God, and we will help you grow. 
all right? So say this with me by faith, everybody. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life and be my savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my king. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Now, if you gave your life to Jesus today, you need to get baptized in water like you saw at the beginning of uh, after worship. And then you need to get involved in Fresh Start class and then get an equip class so you can learn to serve. That's what we do here. All right? Now, we're going to sing one last song. If you need anything, prayer workers, come on up. Let's worship and get prayer for whatever you need. If you gave your life to Christ, tell somebody, and that'll help you get started.